0: Where I left off with the kids in chapter nine um, in the book of Ezra we will see a man Ezra really who was really an example to us um, as far as how we react you know the reaction we, we give or get uh, when we fall short um, in chapter nine we will see an event in Jerusalem um, that should put kind of a, a upset feeling in our stomachs. Um, we will see uh, the people of Israel involved in, in a widespread act of disobedience um, to the God that they say that they served. In this disobedience, uh, we will learn some ways to deal with uh, sin in our lives and sin in, in others um, in their lives. I want you to think of how of how you would react as a believer uh, to a person uh, who might be close to you, who has committed a, a very... Heavy sin. Uh, and, you know, in God's eyes, uh, all sin is the same. But I know uh, in our eyes, um, some acts um, a little heavier than others because of the, the way they affect or how many they affect. Um, I'm sure you guys can think of some, you know, just in your head right now. In chapter 9, it, deal, it deals with um, intermarriage. Um, so a believer uh, being married to a, to an unbeliever. Uh, what would you do, what would you say if you had someone in your life who, who did this without the, I guess, uh, obedience of, of following the word of the Lord? Um, in verses one, two, 1 and 2 of chapter 9, we will see that the sin revealed um, by the people. In verses 3 through 5, um, we will see uh, the serious reaction to the guilt of the people by Ezra. And in 6 through 15, we will see uh, the emotional plea for the people Ezra loves to a God that he loves even more. So we'll get started at reading in uh, Ezra chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. I guess you guys can follow along. Chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. It says when these things were done the leaders came to me saying the people of Israel and the priests and the levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands with respect to the abominations of the Canaanites the Hittites, Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed with the peoples of those lands. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and the rulers has been foremost in this trespass. So the leaders came to Ezra and told him about how the people of Israel, along with the priests and the Levites, did not separate themselves from the people of the land. Why are they telling Ezra? Ezra was a man who, who set himself apart to do the, the Lord's work. And he was a skilled skilled scribe in the law of Moses, which was given by the Lord God of Israel. And it says in Ezra chapter 7, verse 10, it says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. It says that he prepared his heart, which means that he, he fashioned his heart. He made ready his heart to receive the word of the Lord. Uh, it wasn't a casual. I know how we pray sometimes, you know, prepare my heart, Lord. But Ezra really, really did it. He made his heart ready, ready to submit, ready to obey. Uh, the, the definition of ready is for use or action, a quick or prompt, and willing. And you know, then it says in that verse that he, um, in the same verse, that he prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord, but not only to seek it, but to do it. Um, how many people here seek the Word of God and also do what it says? Please raise your hand again. Uh, um, many people seek the Word of God um, just to know it, um, uh, but not to do it. Sometimes they have um, some lame excuse that it doesn't apply to them today or that we um, that we are in a big bubble of grace. Uh, where through, um, you know, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are. But it should not give us the right to do uh, or not to obey the word of God. The heart of Ezra was not only uh, to seek the word of God, but also to do it. Um, he was also a teacher of the statutes and the ordinances in Israel. He was a spiritual leader to the to the people. But also to the kings of, of the land as well, uh, the king um, gave him duty—the duty of appointing judges and, and magistrates according to his God-given wisdom. So even the kings acknowledged his, his position as, a, um, as as wise as a wise man, and he also was to teach uh, those who didn't know the laws of the Lord. A man that was looked upon uh, with respect not only from the people, like I said, but the kings as well, and he uh, he'd be able to give a defense. Um, to anybody who had any, uh, any s- somehow to justify the sin they were in, so he, he was a wise man. So this is why they were telling Ezra. Um, you know, so they tell Ezra the trespass that the people of Israel uh, were in, that they intermingled with the people of the land. You know the Canaanites, the Hittites, and all those other ites. They they took um, daughters as wives for themselves and and their sons as well. Uh, they acted. Um, in a way to imply that the women that the Lord had provided for them weren 't good enough, um, they did not give the lord a, pretty much like they, they knew something was better out there. They went beyond their boundaries that the Lord has said about them, uh, the Lord did not give them these boundaries or, or commands just to give them uh, it was it was for their own protection. Uh, the Lord loved them very much. Um, here's, a, here's the reason why He gave them these boundaries in, in protecting the, that the holy seed. If you guys want to turn with me uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 7, I'll we'll read a couple of verses there. But this is kind of where the Lord speaks to them and tells them why. Uh, a couple of chapters in, in Deuteronomy and verses along with them. But we'll read a few. That way we can know why He gives them these boundaries. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Verses 1 through 5. It says in chapter 7, it says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Gergesites, the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than you, and when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them, nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, nor take their daughter for your son. For they will turn your sons away from following me, to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and destroy you suddenly. But thus you shall deal with them, and you shall destroy their altars, and break down their sacred pillars, and cut down their wooden images, and burn... Their carved images with fire. If you can turn with me to chapter 12, the same book, Deuteronomy. Chapter 12, verses 29 through 32. It says in verse 29, it says, When the Lord your God cuts off from before you nations which you go to dispossess, and you displace them and dwell in their land, take heed to yourself, that you are not ensnared to follow them after they are destroyed from before you, and that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? I also will do likewise. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. For every abomination to the Lord which he hates, they have done to their gods. For they burn even their sons and daughters in the fire to their gods. Whatever I command you, be careful to observe it, you shall not add to it nor take away from it. So pretty strong commandments from the Lord that they they disobeyed. Um, all these rules, you know, as parents that we give our kids, you know, those, you know, have little ones right now, you know, the don't talk to strangers type of thing, the, the you know, don't open the front door to anybody when no one's there. Uh, don't wander off without us. Those rules, those boundaries, we give them these boundaries for the same reason that the Lord uh, gave the Israelites, their boundaries, Um we don't want them to be taken away from us you know i don't want anyone coming and taking away my kids for any reason we want that i want them to be safe um i want my children and everyone in my household uh, to be protected um in a sense you know the lord wants the same things for the israelites you know he he set up these boundaries um to protect them um in comparison with the lord loves us the lord loves you know back then the, the israelites the, the tribe there he loved them a million times more and compared to my kids, and you know, the love I have for them. He doesn't want their hearts to be carried away by these uh, people who weren't serving him. Uh, our Lord doesn't want anything to get in the way of him and our relationship with him. And Second Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verses 14 through 16, teaches in the New Testament about, you know, being unequally yoked and um, just a whole uh, um, point there as well. The Lord just, he loves us so much. I can't can't re- reiterate that much, that too much. Uh, he doesn't want our heart to be stolen, in any way, um, shape, or form. In the last verse of uh, the last sentence in, in verse two, uh, back in Ezra, if you guys are I'm sorry if you guys aren't back there, um, in chapter nine. In the last sentence in, in verse two, it says um, that the hand of the leaders and rulers had been foremost in this trespass pretty heavy thing uh, to for that to be there um in the old king james it says that they were that they were chief in this trespass the word the word chief uh, in the know hebrew language it, it is uh, pronounced reshon, uh which means you know first in place or time or rank it also means beginning uh we always get you know this weird feeling inside of us when um You know when people fall into sin, um, but isn't it different when um, people who have been lifted up by the Lord um, to prominent positions—you know—in His church or in the community—isn't it? Isn't it different when they fall into sin? I know um, months ago we learned in, in Leviticus how the Lord required a different offering—you know—for the priests um, if if he was in sin, or as or, or as it says. If the priests bought guilt on the people, these leaders and rulers, as it says in Ezra um, chapter seven through, sorry, chapter seven verses twenty-five through twenty-six, were in charge of knowing the word of God, but also to teach those who who didn't know it. This sin that they were involved in, it safe it, to say, it began with them. They they were chief in it. I know that this this is the old testament and we're now in the you know the new covenant with the Lord to where we don't have to offer you know different sacrifices um before the Lord. The Lord Jesus was our sacrifice. But this this principle is still here to learn from today. If you're you are in a place of influence, if the Lord has lifted you up in any way where people look up to you or, or for help or counsel, you know, teacher, elder, overseer, you know, even in our home. If you are leading anyone, if anyone's behind you, pretty much, you have a responsibility to lead them in the ways of the Lord. And I strongly believe as a a husband, as a a father as well, even as a teacher and with the kids back there, you know, the things I say, the things I do, I have uh, an accountability to uphold them. And I think, uh, I strongly believe that, that You'll be held. I will be held accountable to those positions when, you, when we stand before the Lord to give an account. Um, all these things to say, just like anything else in our life, could be used to help people or, or could be used to, to stumble people. And Lord, help us to, to be that example to people in, our, in those in our homes, you know, in the church as well. In verses three through five, we'll, we'll move along here. In verses three through five, we'll see uh, Ezra's uh, serious reaction to the sin of the people. Let's read in verses three through five. It says, "So when I heard this thing, I tore my, tore my garment and my robe, and plucked out some hair, some of the hair of my head and beard, and sat down astonished. When everyone who trembled at the words of the God, the God of Israel, assembled to me because of the transgressions to those." Of those who had been carried away captive, and I sat astonished until the evening sacrifice at the evening sacrifice. I arose from my fasting and, having torn torn my garment and my robe, I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. We see a pretty dramatic shocking reaction from Ezra in, in hearing of the sin uh, that the the camp was involved in. I know this this would be very painful to do to someone, you know, pull out their hair and pull out their beard, but I know it would be even worse to do it yourself. This kind of describes how Ezra uh, was feeling um, in that visual sense, you know, what he did to himself, uh, pulling out his hair and and his beard, pulling out the hair from his head and his beard, and tearing his clothes. It gives us that visual. You kind of see his pain. But I think it fails to describe what what he felt like inside, inside himself. How he ached and how it ached him so much. He was astonished to know that the Lord's people had, had sinned in this in this manner. This spoke to me so much because of, of you know my reaction sometimes, you know, when people fall into sin, you know. You know, I go after the sinner, you know, I want to grab this, especially if it's a guy, you know, just grab him, shake him up, and you know, what's wrong with you? You know the Lord that you serve, you you have transgressed. You ached him. Um, why? You know because usually it usually um, is hurt me or or upsets me, or someone that I know. This this wasn't Ezra's reaction. In verse four, it says that everyone who trembled at the word of God gathered to Ezra. At first when I read this, you know, I thought they were going to go out and, you know, stone all these guys that, that you know, fell on this sin. But what did they do? What did Ezra do? Um, he went before the Lord in, in prayer. A great example for us in reaction to anything that goes on in our life. Not just sin, but, but anything else. He fell on his knees and spread out his hands to the Lord, his God. The hurt he felt that he felt inside of him did not compare to the hurt it caused the Lord. Seeing his people choose to marry the, these pagan wives after he said not to, you know, aren't we as parents, you know, ached in the same way? You know, when our kids do something or or say something that, that we told them not to do, somehow they, they have a there's a rational thought there that, that that comes to mind that they they didn't care what we thought or what we said. Uh, you know, if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, we are all sons and daughters. You know, through the cross, when you sin and when your brother or sister sins, you know how how does it affect your Father in Heaven, the Father that you serve? Uh, taking into account how much more He loves me, how much more He loves you than anyone else in the world, do we do we remember? Do we recall how much grief it brings Him when we when we mess up as individuals or anybody else? Falls short. A sin separates us from Him. You know He doesn't want that, and we shouldn't want that from anybody else, for anybody else in our lives. In verses uh, six through fifteen, we'll finish up. It's kind of short, but I think it's cool still. In verses six through fifteen, we'll finish up the chapter with this, with us seeing Ezra's emotional, very emotional plea. Let's read verses uh, six through fifteen. just kind of um, as we read just kind of see those words that, that that jump out at you you know those those i don't know let me just read sorry verse 6 it says and i said oh my god i am too ashamed and humiliated to lift up my face to you my god for our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has grown up to the heavens since the days of our fathers this day we have been very guilty and for our iniquities, we, our kings and our priests have been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to plunder and to humiliation, as it is this day. And now, for a while, grace has been shown for the Lord from the Lord, our God, to leave us a remnant to escape, and to give us a peg in His holy place, that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. For we are slaves, we were slaves. Yet our God did not forsake us in our bondage, but he extended mercy to us in the sight of the kings of Persia to revive us, to repair the house of our God, to rebuild its ruins and to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. And now, O our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken your commandments, which you commanded by your servants and prophets, saying, The land which you are entering to possess is an unclean land with the uncleanness of the peoples of the lands, with their abominations, which have filled it from one end to another with their impurity. Now, therefore, do not give your daughters as wives for their sons, nor take their daughters to the earth's sons, and never seek their peace or prosperity, that you may be strong and eat the good of the land and leave it as an inheritance to your children forever. And after all has All that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great guilt. Since you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserve and have given us such deliverance as this. Should we again break your commandments and join in marriage with the people committing these abominations? Would you not be angry with us until you had consumed us so that there would be no remnant or survivor? O Lord God of Israel, you are righteous, for we are left as a remnant, as it is this day. Here we are before you in our guilt, though no one can stand before you because of this. Pretty heavy prayer, Ezra, Ezra gives out. Pretty, you know, emotional. Uh, in verse six, we see you know, Ezra doesn't 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 pray. You know, that their guilt has risen higher than their heads and their guilt has grown their guilt has grown up to the heavens israel was involved together as a nation in the covenant with god ezra knew that the sin that was going on affected the whole nation of israel he didn't separate himself in any way he received their their guilt as his guilt as well he wasn't free from this trespass because of his of his high position in any way they were one in verses 7 through 9, Ezra reminds himself, along with those with those who were listening, what the Lord had done for them as a nation. In the beginning of the book of Ezra, in chapter 1, you know, through I think chapter 6 it was, the people of Israel um, were being held captive by the king of Persia, uh, King Cyrus. And the Lord God used this king to start the work of restoration in the people and the nation. The king lets him go to start the work of the rebuilding of the temple, uh, because the Lord, uh, as it says in chapter one, stirred up the spirit of the king to let them go, and then the, the foundations were laid. The work, the work was opposed, the work was resumed, and the temple was completed. Uh, through these events, Ezra saw that the Lord, their God, was with them. He showed them mercy and grace by bringing them out of the bondage created by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar. Um, do we do we remember? Do we remember what the Lord has done for us through our bondage and how we, we, had been, we have been restored from people of darkness which once were? Uh, do we remember the grace and mercy that He had upon us through those years of not you know serving him as believers? This is so important you know in my life, I'm not sure if it is in yours, but to remember um, to recall how the Lord is so deserving of our lives. To serve him concerning what he did for us and what he has guaranteed us, you know, eternal life. You know, when this when this when this life here on earth is over, it's so so comforting for me to, to remember those things. Those things that he did for me, the thing, the way that I once once was. But in Psalms uh, seventy seven, this is a good reference. You can just write it down, I'll read it to you. Psalm seventy seven, verses ten through twelve. And I said, This is my anguish. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will also meditate on all your work and talk of your deeds. You know, verses 10 through 15, we see, you know, uh, we see it in, in a, a admission of guilt. Let's read it again. And... Ezra chapter 9, verses 10 through 15. It says, And now, O our God, what shall we say after this? For ye have forsaken your commandments, which you commanded by your servants and prophets, saying, The land which you are entering to possess is an unclean land, with the uncleanness of the peoples of the lands, with their abominations which have filled it from one end of the, one end to another with their impurity. Now, therefore, do not give your daughters as wives for their sons, nor take their daughters to your sons, and never seek their peace or prosperity, that you may be strong and eat the good of the land and leave it as an inheritance to your children forever. And after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds and for our great guilt, since you, our God, have punished us less than our iniquities deserve and have given us such deliverance as this, should we again break your commandments and join in marriage with the people of committing these abominations, Would you not be angry with us until you had consumed us, so that there would be no remnant or survivor? O Lord God of Israel, you are righteous, for we are left as a remnant, as it is this day. Here we are before you in our guilt, though no one can stand before you because of this. The word forsake means to, to depart from, to leave behind, to leave alone, to abandon, to neglect. They admittedly abandoned the commandments of the Lord that was given from him. Ezra tells uh, even tells the Lord which commandment they broke, you know, word for word. I encourage you to know the word of God. Don't know the word of God, uh, but know it for your, just know the word of God, but know it for your own protection as well. Some people avoid reading the word of God so that they won't be held accountable to it. You know, I have members of my family who think the word of God isn't for them. They avoid it specifically for that reason that it will show what they shouldn't be doing in their life. How silly is that today for people to think that the Lord won't hold them accountable just because they don't read the Bible. The laws you know, even the laws of this land, you know, state laws, city laws, whatever laws are here are placed for are in place for us to follow them. And we are held accountable to them, whether we know them or not. How much more important is the Word of God, considering it is for the eternal kingdom, not just for this land? It's very important to know the Word of God. In verse 15, uh, Ezra speaks of this undeserving mercy the Lord has on them at this moment. We are here unworthy of even standing before you, guilty of of this huge sin, he says. Remember that Ezra, in the beginning of the chapter uh, fell on his knees before the Lord which which speaks of of submission you know of, of reverence do we show God that submission that respect um that fear that fear we have of him uh, when we fall short, knowing like Ezra um, what we are deserving of in every way, and what our God is is really capable of? You know, how powerful he really is. In Psalms 130, it's another reference. In Psalms 130, verses 3 through 4, If you, Lord, should mark our iniquities, O Lord, who can stand? But there is forgiveness with you, that you may be feared. You know, what a strong example us, uh, to us Ezra is, um, as believers, how he reacted to sin. You know his admission of guilt, um, how unworthy he was, um, and how unworthy we are before the Lord. You know, in the end of the book of Ezra, in the, in the end of the book of Book of Ezra, in chapter ten, they were led into a new covenant. Um, they put away these these pagan wives, along with their children that were born to them. Kind of extreme, right? To put away all these wives and all these these children. But as Christians, we need to know when extreme measures need to be taken. You know, if you're married to an unbeliever, you know, don't send them away because of the study or any, anything like that. The New Testament, you know, if everyone knows that, don't send them away. The New Testament teaches against this. <clears throat> this is the Old Testament, though it doesn't really apply here, um, but it does give us, you know, that principle of how we are to deal with sin in every in any way uh put it away turn from it um, and, and along with anything else that may stumble you in it um such a pow- powerful book the book of Ezra how you know the what the lord did in their lives and and how Ezra was using my life as an example to uh show me how to react to to sin in my life and especially in others not just how much it hurts me, but how much it affects the Lord that we serve. And to, to also remember, you know, what he commands us to do um, in our lives today. So if you're, you know, struggling in any sin or or want, want hands lifted up to you, for you today, um, I encourage you to pray with somebody before you leave. Because, you know, everyone knows sin separates you from the Lord. And if you if you want us to be separate, I guess you you know you have that choice. But as the Bible teaches, you know we don't we don't advise that in any way. But no uh, no other thing I can say and the Lord loves you so much. I know that that without a fact. But it's sometimes that we forget how much He loves us and how much we, we should be following the Word of God and how much sometimes we fail to do so. I fail to do so. Um, but, you know, hopefully the Lord spoke to you today. You know, that's, that's pretty much the end. kind of short, shorter than usual. But um, I pray the Lord bless you and, and, uh, and, and show you, you know, where. Because there's pretty much always places in our life that can be put out. He's always showing me things that I don't need in my life the things that aren't of any value. I pray the Lord show you that also. I just want to get closer to the Lord, and I hope you also as well. just want to get closer to Him. Let's pray, guys. Oh, Lord, we come before you, Lord, just thanking you, Lord, for this day, Lord. And uh, thank you, Lord, for just uh, blessing me, Lord, and just being able to go over, Lord, just this, this chapter, Lord, and just uh, how powerful it is, Lord, just... How we are to react to sin, Lord, and how sin uh, can affect us, Lord, in, in such a powerful way. I pray you forgive me, Lord, of those sins, Lord, where I've fallen short, Lord. I pray you help us, Lord, to to turn from those sins, Lord, and to put them away, Lord. Lifting up every person here, Lord, just knowing, Lord, how much you love them so much, Lord. May we desire, Lord, to just serve you, Lord, in every way, Lord, of our lives, Lord. May we be that example, Lord, as Ezra was, Lord, to for your people, Lord, and just to our children, or to those people that that look up to us, Lord, or that we have an influence in, Lord. May you be that example, Lord. I pray, Lord, you do a work in our lives, Lord. May you be with us as we go, Lord. Um, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to share. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.